Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to California Haunts Radio. It's Thursday, one more day to go, and it's the weekend. But you know what? Who has a lot of yard work to do, right? All those storms here in California are still making up for it. And then what happens today? Earthquake. Oh, my. At least it didn't hit me too hard. I didn't feel A lot of people around me felt it. I didn't feel it. Of course, I was napping. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, like, like we don't have enough problems with fallen trees and everything else uh, that, that happened during all those storms. We had an earthquake. But it was more up by Mount Last. It was more up way northern California. That's where the epicenter was. Anyhow, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. We're going to have a good show tonight. And I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means we can get to you. It might take us a while because California is a huge state. So uh, if we can't get to you right away, what we'll do is we have five mediums on staff who talk to you and maybe calm things down in your you know in your home or business and then by the time you know so much that by the time we get out there you're not all stressed out right okay so uh look us up we're on facebook we're on youtube we're on twitter we're on twitch we're on tiktok now uh instagram under ghosty gal you can find me over there shoot me an email and i'll be sure to get things rolling and start you know starting rolling for you all okay and that reminds me if you're watching from facebook today and a lot of you are if you haven't done so already and you like what you see today, be sure to hit that follow button. Hello, Jen. Be sure to hit that follow button because we're always looking for followers. Always, always, always. And uh, be sure, you know, if you do like what you hear today, uh, hit those thumbs up button. Hit those hearts. Show me some love. Okay? Show me some love. Because what happens with between Facebook and YouTube is that helps with the algorithms. So the more love we get, <laughs> that sounds terrible, the more love we get, the, the, the higher we go in the algorithms, which means we just don't, it just doesn't focus on certain pages. It takes us out to the internet world, right? So there's more people watching. So do, please do that. Also, if you're watching from YouTube today and you haven't done so already and you like what you see, feel free to subscribe. Um, we've got over 600 videos sitting over there and they're all varying topics. I am a journalist by trade. And so I don't always do paranormal topics. I do all kinds of topics, which is the reason why if you go on the front page of the video of, of the YouTube page, you will see categories because I've taken all the shows, well, the majority of the shows I'm finishing off this weekend and put them in categories to make them easier to find. So if there's a particular individual you want to find like Marin and find her shows, you can go in under whatever category I have over there. I can't remember off the top of my head, brain fart. But uh, yeah, you'll be able to find Marin a lot easier. You'll be able to find, you know, if, if your thing is ghosts and goblins, you'll, you'll be able to look under ghosts and hauntings and find that and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it makes it a lot easier for you guys to track it down. Plus, I'm very active in the, in, in the YouTube community. I do a paranormal question of the day every day to challenge your brains. And it's usually true or false. And sometimes I'll ask for a physical answer. But uh, yeah, I do that. And I also have a lot of poll. I, I have polls going over there. What do you guys want to hear? You know, what type of, what types of topics do you guys like? So I'm very active over on that page as well. We also have a Discord, which we haven't really done a lot with, but we're going to start getting that going. And I have a Patreon, okay? And my Patreon members, good benefits. It's by 50 a month, and what happens is if I do a pre-recorded interview with somebody, I let you guys see it two weeks before anybody else does, just for Patreon members. And if there's a guest that we have on, that you guys really like and maybe you know you are shy about asking a question in the chat room of the guest or maybe the interview went so well you didn't want to interrupt us or something we bring those guests on over to patreon for special interviews and you guys can go over there and, and, and ask so check out the california haunts paranormal investigation team i'm sorry no california haunts radio patreon so many california haunts in my life okay that being said i'm going to shut my mouth and uh all right, let me bring my uh, let's bring my my good friend Marin on. Hello, Charlotte. Hello, how's it going? 
pretty good. You got me on location. Uh, wow. On treasure hunt, ghost hunt, fairy hunt, Sasquatch hunt. I feel like I'm listing all of your social media accounts. The That's it. Yeah. Twitter, whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm on location. So if I look filthy, I've been in the mountains all day and hunting around, seeing what we can see and, and doing readings out there. It's been a lot of fun. How goes the though? Oh, and if you can't hear me, I don't have a microphone. Really, truly, I'm in the middle of nowhere. So what was your question? How goes the hunting? Oh, it goes great. It goes very great. This is how this is how it started off, my leaving. So I left Vermont. But the day before I leave Vermont, and I and I tried to record it on my phone, but I, mm -hmm. I'm really bad at selfie recordings. I'm in my garden, which I have in the woods in this huge rock quarry. So it's like giant boulders and I've planted a whole bunch of different flowers out there, bulbs. And I was kind of hanging out and across the way. So it's kind of a meadowed area and across the way at the edge of the forest, I saw a creature, the creature that I saw when I was in Big Sur, a very similar creature, about two and a half feet tall, humanoid, and it moved so fast and it moved from my right. Well, I had the camera, so it was right side of the film to the left side of the film camera. And it just went. Whoosh. And then we spent the next 15 minutes playing hide and seek. I am not kidding. And I tried to get some of it. It would jump out at me. I'd be like, ah. And so the camera was like that. So I just said, forget it. I'm not going to record that anymore. But it was astounding it was probably one of the most spectacular fairy kind of experiences that i've ever had the time before that was in big sur when i was hiking around after the 2016 um floods and fires fires mm -hmm. and floods and i and i happened upon one of the big sur creatures that lives deep in the santa lucia mountains and again we froze at first when we saw each other mm -hmm. and then it jumped and it jumped so high. It jumped like 20 feet, maybe 25 feet straight up into a tree. And I walked kind of right by it, trying to look at it, but not really look at it like, Oh yeah, I didn't see you. La, la, la. But it was amazing because in Vermont, just a week ago, a week and a half ago that I saw that creature again, so that was the day before I started my travel from Vermont out here to Arizona. And along the path, I stopped and spoke to people that had um, different sightings of different ethereal beings or creatures, everything from ghosts to um, a Sasquatch <laughs> and things like that. So it really, really interesting. And it's amazing how when you just listen, there's so many of these stories, but people either disregard them and they don't know that they, that is what they just experienced because their brain is like, did I see that? Did I, did I experience that? And it just kind of puts it to the side, but when it's just staying with you and it sticks right there in your soul. And you're like, I know that was something to be able to sit down and tell someone about it or talk to somebody who is going to listen and not think that they are odd for thinking these things <laughs> and giving them some validation. The stories that come out are just amazing. Why do you think certain people see this stuff and, and others don't? You know, I think we all see it. We all see it, but our brain translates it into something that will kind of make sense. So we might be really busy doing something and we get that kind of oil slick feeling that shoots around the side of your eye and you're like, what was that? And you look over and there was nothing there and you shake it off. You're like, oh, that was nothing, you know, mm -hmm. and you get back to what you're doing. Most people have that experience and they don't put anything to it because Either it's not relevant to their life and they don't really want to think about it or they're in a place in their life where they don't want to worry or think about something in addition to everything else that they have to worry and think about. And then some people really 
in those same situations where there's a lot going on in their life and they see it, then they notice it more because they're thinking, oh, this is one more thing. Now I have something else to worry about. And, and they can actually divert their attention away from other things in their material life over into the super, you know, superstitious life mm-hmm. as a reprieve. So it really just depends on our brain and how our brain processes the events around us. But we live in the ethereal world. Our brain is just filtering the ethereal world out to give us what we see before us, to give us this material world here, that this 3D version of it. But my body, your body, everybody out there that's watching this, you are literally in the ethereal world. You're pushing your hands through spirit activity right now. It's all around you. And your brain is filtering all of that out into what's relevant to your life right now. Is that the kind of thing like Sylvia Brown was talking about, you know, as she was growing up, how some some mediums will see horrible things and some mediums won't. So God's kind of controlling, you know, to, to just allow you to see what, what, what you can handle. Yeah. So I'm not too sure what she said. Yeah. So describe it to me a little bit more. What was it? It was along the line of God's not going to give you anything more than you can handle mm. to see. So I just wonder, because kind of sounds like that in a way, you know, because your mind is filtering what it wants to see and then what it doesn't want to see, where maybe, you know, you're one of these people that you don't want to see violent stuff or anything like that. So then you don't see that stuff. You, you, you yeah. see the, the happier Basically, stuff. Yeah. Your, your brain, yes, is tailoring your experience to you and where you are in life at that point. It's not necessarily that you can't handle these other uh-huh. things uh, because we can all handle, we all have the capacity and capability to handle amazing amounts of things. But mm. our brain actually tailors our life experience to what's going on, what we've experienced up to that point. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of has to make sense. It can't just really throw something else at you. That's why when you hear people that talk about having um, ethereal experiences, Uh they've kind of had those experiences or those capabilities throughout their lifetime. Uh So it's not throwing a wrench into what is already the norm for you. If you are somebody that has never had that, and then all of a sudden you have like a poltergeist that's Uh operating in front of you and you're like, what? that would be throwing a wrench. So, so God or the consciousness that's out there isn't trying to trick you. It's not trying to throw a wrench into sure. to what's going on. It's giving you, um, it's unveiling information and unveiling experiences as your life unfolds. So if it's relevant, you'll get it. If it's not relevant, you're not going to see it. Well, I have a story for you too. I came in contact with my first fairies. <gasps> you during did. COVID, during COVID, we did an investigation and... Um, because it involved little kids, we went out there. And we couldn't figure out, this, uh, one, one of the little boys was autistic. And so we couldn't figure out what was going on. And they kept saying, hey, we're hearing voices, we're hearing voices at the house. And there's stuff being moved around. Not big stuff, but, you know, like like drawers, mm-hmm. and drawers were opening and closing and all this was going on. And so everybody left the house. We, we were there and we were sitting there and I kept hearing voices coming in from the outside. And I thought, now some, somebody's out there. There has to be a hole in the wall somewhere in this house. And so we're, you know, being who we are, we're, we're combing all over and, and it had a basement or well, a small little crawl space. And so we're looking at the crawl space and stuff. Couldn't find any voices, you know, couldn't find any, any, any reason for the voices. And then um, my psychic walks in from the team and she goes, we're dealing with fairies here. She, can you hear that? And I could. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So we determined it was fairies. And so we had to make a deal with the fairies. So they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't scare the family and bother the family. But the fairies were okay with it. It was their land, obviously, before, you know. But it's my first time encountering fairies. So that's kind of cool. That is really cool. Make sure you bring chocolate cake. Yes. When there's a fairy, have a chocolate cake because they love, they love cake. <laughs> As the <laughs> <thing> goes. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know that. That's good to know. Good to know. Yeah. I'll get a lot Whenever I have a fairy encounter... And there's different kind of fae out there. So there's there's different sizes. There's different locations that um, certain types of fairy like to live in. Mm-hmm. And others don't. But I, 
if you ever see a fairy, I always end up leaving cake of some sort. And if I have to go get cake and bring it back to that area, I do. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Tommy knockers too. I mean, I've had a couple of cases that have involved Tommy knockers and they're always moving stuff around. But if you leave food out, boy, it's like an attractive form. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so how's life at the house? Life at the house is doing, it's pretty good. Um, it's, it is probably one of the most active places that I really have been. I say this every time. Yeah. But it's amazing just the everyday occurrence of um, spiritual activity. But they're peaceful. I mean, it's not like it's not yeah. like they're doing anything to scare you. Nope, so not at all. There, I think other people when they come out, they they get a little scared, especially. <laughs> So if you ever come out, yes, I have you down on a lower floor. I have, that's usually, and I love it down there, but they love the lower floor. <laughs> so, so you'll probably end up getting, I thought somebody was like staring at me last night or my sheets uh, moved off of my feet or someone knocked on my door, things like that. You talk to them? Yeah, I talk to, I talk to them. Not, not in, especially I talk to them just as I would talk to you. So I'm like, right. oh, I'm going to make cake. <laughs> I'm going to go make cinnamon rolls. I'm making sourdough bread. Um, just talk to them. Yeah. I got a question. What's a Tommy knocker? Tommy knockers, if I remember correctly, <clears throat> I live in California. I live in California near the gold country. And Tommy knockers are a legend of the, of the, of the uh, silver mines and gold mines. And it was said that these little men, kind of like the seven dwarves, if you think about it, they're, they're, like, they're like little guys. And they look like little miners. And they have mining caps on, you know, mining hats on. But if you hear noises in the mine, the, the Tommy knockers will, will warn the miners when there's going to be a collapse. And so you'll hear noises and knocking, hence the knock. You'll, you'll hear knockings in the mines is what the miners claim. And they know to get out because there's, there's an impending collapse. Or they could be very mischievous to the point, like with this house, this guy was built over a mine shaft. And so they can be very mischievous and come into your house and run around and move stuff around and all this other stuff. You don't know where, you know, stuff goes missing. So you have to appease them because they're, they're Cornish miners. They came over with the Cornish miners. And so you have to appease them and make peace with them. But they're, but they're nothing bad. They're just there to, to help protect the miners. But they call them Tommy knockers because they make knocking sounds in mines. They're very mischievous, very mm -hmm. playful. Think of like Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're pretty fun. We've had a couple of cases like that. Yeah. And I always laugh when people go, oh, it's a, I saw this little man and I went, oh, do you live over a mine? Well, there's one around just a half mile away. Okay. Yeah. And they're not that big. I mean, they really are small and they, they're proportionate and, you know, they're almost gnome-like-ish from what. I have, yeah, like a Chucky doll. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> like a Chucky doll. <laughs> so you you saw this particular uh, fairy folk, you know, uh, uh, where you live, and is, is there any? Did you do you recognize what 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 type of fairy it is, or or I mean, it obviously wants to see you again because it's twice. Well, this is this is a totally different one because okay. it's a different location so they're not following me around they actually live in these locations okay the really cool thing about um fae or fairies okay. is they're they are tangible and they are third dimensional right so they're not coming through the veil this veiled experience they're actually here among okay. every everybody just like a bear or a raccoon or, right. or whatever is living in the woods they live in the woods. Now, when they hear people come and people hiking and, and things like that, they hide just like all the other animals. I mean, right. if you go on a hike, just think how hard it is to find and see wildlife. I mean, unless it's an elk, right. <laughs> you know, or a squirrel that, that is bouncing from tree to tree, but really it's, it's hard to find these. It's, but this is an example. The other day I, I was hiking and I was, uh, on the property and, and I went up and was looking at waterfalls. And so I, I hiked way in kind of mid property. Mm -hmm. And 
I felt like something was watching me. I'm like, what the heck? And I'm looking around, I'm looking around, I'm looking around. I was like, okay, it's, maybe it's a bear. Maybe, you know, it's a bear with her cubs or everybody's kind of waking up. The snow is just melting. And so I start looking around and I look way up in a pine tree, way up in a pine tree. And there is like a 50 pound, it feels like a 50 pound <laughs> um, porcupine sitting way up in the, so, I mean, it's just a rarity, but we have these animals that are around us all the time and we don't see them. Um, so that's, that's what they are. So when I was in Big Sur, it was a certain family of them that live out in that Big Sur area in the Santa Lucia mountains. And, and, you know, there's not just one sect of it. It's, it they're right. in multiple areas. And so I was surprised in Vermont because at one point, Vermont was all farming and they basically stripped the trees, stripped it bare. And so the trees now, it's just such a new forest up there over the last 150 years. So we really don't have old growth trees up there. And then we have so many people, but Vermont is this little sanctuary on the East Coast that not much is happening. There's no billboards, people, everybody has, you know, space between them and and these animals have i think gathered in vermont <laughs> and so that's why i was surprised because i thought maybe they had been pushed out or killed off or you know didn't survive right when we were um, building that area up so i was really surprised i don't know what kind you know i don't have like a a type of right. The reason why it shocked me, because this is the second time I've seen one like that size. So literally two and a half feet tall. It looks like the size of a child. It's perfectly proportioned, but it moves like lightning. And it's not a bear cub. I mean, it, when I say it moves like lightning, lightning it, it moves like that fast. Mm -hmm. So on an instant. on a So imagine like a UFO in the sky and people say it went from standing still to lightning speed and then disappeared that's what it's like it's just incredible so maybe i'll i'll post the videos up <laughs> you don't really get to see it i think you do get to see it on one of them but you can actually hear the rustling movement uh i brought gray out and then gray started like pointing <laughs> at its direction and there was one point where it was hiding behind a log and we just stood there and, and we're staring at each other. So I was out there for, like I said, about 15 minutes playing hide and seek. It didn't go further um, into the woods. It was just, it would move. I would say we were playing in a half acre type area, but it, it was pretty amazing. I've never actually played hide and seek with a fairy before. And now I can say I have. <laughs> You know, I think I, I think it's like anything else, too, is once you've seen something like that, you're more open to it. So yeah. you're going to see them again. And I noticed even with me, I've seen flat, the, the little light flashes in my house. You know, yeah. in a place where there can't be any reflection coming in or anything like that. You know, it's fairies yeah. running around my house. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Just like what a lot of people don't realize is when you're out in the woods and they, they expect there to be no noise because there's nothing out there. But, I mean, you could hear stuff that's not even within your eyesight. Yeah. You know, whether it's fairies walking around or animals or whatever, but you can definitely hear different things out there. So it's really a cool place to go out and meditate and try and see stuff. Yeah. You know, you just said something that was, that's really important. And that's, you know, the more you see something, the more you're, you're going to catch it. Mm -hmm. And that's because you're starting when you see it and you, you recognize it or you give it, attention you start making it relevant to your life now so the more you see something even if you even if you don't think it's that if you mm -hmm. say yeah i think that could have been that your brain starts saying oh we're giving this attention we're going to start making this relevant so it becomes more of an everyday not everyday but you know more frequent occurrence for you to see these things i was just thinking about wood sprites too because <laughs> i know my, my, my sister lives up in britain in Redwood country, you know, and they, you talk about the wood sprites all the time. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. The, the whole thing with fairies, with fairies is fascinating because there's so many of them, so many personalities, 
just like the ones that kidnap little kids and take them underground with them. I mean, there's there's that legend. That's over. Well, why is it the fairies? Okay, how about this? Why is it the fairies over here are good or are nice fairies essentially, but the yeah. ones over in Ireland and all those places are very, very. I'm not saying nasty, but they're very. You know, they're they're very temperamental. Yeah. So part of that um, goes to it's like Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Santa's watching you. And if you're naughty, he's not going to bring you anything. So some of these fairy tales, let's say if we went to Iceland or Ireland or wherever, you know, there's real heavy fairy traffic, mm-hmm. we'll say. And where the majority of the populace says definitely fairy. We can use that to scare kids <laughs> to doing what is right. <laughs> <laughs> to go to bed quickly or, you know, or the fairies are going to come get you um, because they are mischievous. Fairies are not, they're just mi- mischievous beings because they can be. I mean, right. if you, if you could zip around and you could do the things that the fairies do, you would be mischievous too, because it's fun. So they, they have a sense of humor. Um, I really don't think that they are mean. I know that some people think that, that that they're mean. From what I have seen and from and traveling to Europe, I haven't really seen any devious behavior, like intent to be mean. But they are different than us. So their sense of humor <laughs> is different than our sense of humor. So if they grabbed a child and took them into their lair, let's say, in their cave or wherever they are, it might be because it's a joke, because they're listening to these stories. Oh, be good, or the fairies are going to get you. They're like, okay, (laughs) we're going to get them. (laughs) But they're not hurting them. They're not eating them. They're not doing anything that's mean. So have you had the chance to go to Sedona yet? Yes, I've been to Sedona, Sedona many times. I'll be going through Sedona after I leave here. So right now I'm exploring the superstitions. Uh-huh. And then I'll, I'll head up through Arizona. So I went through Oklahoma. I went through Missouri, New Mexico, and Texas. <laughs> so now I'm going to circle back around. So now I'll go up through Sedona, through Flagstaff, um, Colorado, and then hit the northern states. So uh, Nebraska, Ohio, uh, Iowa, I think I'm going up in there. I have to look at what my schedule is and then back across through Illinois and, and oh, I'm going to Michigan also. <laughs> Sedona has a certain feeling. Yes. And I felt, I mean, the minute my car like, you know, entered that area, it was like a bubble or something. There's just something about Sedona. And why do you think it's so mystical, you know, so mystical like that? Yeah, there's a there's several places. Oh, sorry, I got a bit. Um, there's several places in the country and in the world that are like that, and and they have vortex energy. So it depends on the venting. So the so what's happening in Sedona is it's an actual earth vent. So it's a breathing of the earth, and we can feel that mm-hmm. when the earth breathes in these specific areas, we have different kinds of energy that is produced. Mm-hmm. So I know that uh, a few months ago, I was talking about the Oregon vortex. And I don't know if you've ever been up there to the Oregon yeah. vortex, but it's amazing. And so you have a ball that's rolling uphill when you drop it, you know, yep. instead of rolling downhill, you have brooms that can balance on themselves and, and you don't have to do anything to do that. So, and the ground and your perception is completely skewed. And then we have places like Skinwalker Ranch. People talk about Skinwalker Ranch. What's going on with Skinwalker Ranch? Well, that's another venting. That's another heavily vortexed area that has, you know, different energies coming through. And then we have Sedona. So it's a venting. And and our bodies, some people can go to Sedona and not have any reaction. And Uh some people can go to Sedona and be completely enlightened, be completely just like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I've stepped somewhere I shouldn't be in a good way. Like I've uncovered a secret and my body is feeling it and reacting to it. And some people will go and be like, I do not like this space. I don't really like Sedona. It's not for me. And you kind of think it's not that great. So 
these vents that create these vortex will do different things to our bodies. Okay, okay. It has to so, do with the electromagnetic, and I don't want right, to... Our right. bodies are electromagnetic, the earth is, and so it's just the polarity. Because I was just thinking when you were talking about that, about uh, vortexes and haunted houses and haunted locations. I mean, one, one of the things I used to do was I would get into a vortex, stand there, put my arms out, and close my eyes. Mm -hmm. And then you could watch my body weave back and forth in the vortex. You know, so when you were saying all that, that's, that's what came to mind for me. Yeah, that's a great example. I also had the opportunity, and I don't know if you've been able to get the tombstone yet. Yes. Oh, my oh God. My God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you haven't been to Tombstone and you're watching this and you're, no, you're close by, hop in your car. Let's go to Tombstone. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think I've ever been to a place where, I mean, Placerville up here is pretty haunted. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been in a location where when you were just walking down the main street, I mean, the ghosts are just coming out to see you. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. There's so much spiritual imprinting there. And there's another town. It's called Garnet. And it's um, in Mid not Michigan, uh, Montana. Garnet, Montana. And if you go up there, this goat's town is spectacular. And, and they look for caretakers every year for the winter time to stay up there. I, I applied and I didn't, my application, I mean, I bet there's a lot of people applying, but I applied. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go stay in a ghost town by myself in the middle of winter. I don't mind that at all. But you go up there and the spiritual imprinting there is incredible. So they have like this saloon area and, and the buildings are surprisingly small. The movies make saloons huge, but when you go to a real ghost town from the 1800s, you, they're very small <laughs> buildings. So they felt cramped and they felt full, like the saloon was hopping. That's because, you know, 20 people were in there. <laughs> but in, in the back, they had the housing in the back and you went to the back of the saloon behind it and there is this little boy energy this spiritual imprinting of this little boy that is absolutely incredible and you just see them running up the stairs i think probably to go home so he's leaving the back of, and he just patterns that and he just wow. he'll just run it and he'll just run it and just run it and it's all the time a lot of times spiritual imprinting will happen on certain days or certain times of the year, because right. that's the the air, the time frame of when a major event happened in their life. So right. to get spiritual imprinting that is constant every time I go up there, and it's just on repeat, mm -hmm. and it's still going and it's not fading. There, <laughs> this little boy ran some wore, wore out some treads. I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, when you, go, when, when you go, sorry, sorry to interrupt, when you go in a ghost town like that, I mean, you know, like you say, there's a lot of spiritual imprinting. But what about the ones that aren't spiritual imprinting that, that are kind of stuck there? Yeah. See, well, I don't believe spirits get stuck. Okay. So I, when I, when I go there and when I see, and that's just my belief from, from what I have experienced, but um, when someone dies, their, their consciousness and their soul, they're dead and, and they, they disconnect and they don't really get stuck. They know that they're dead. So they know that they're dead. Their consciousness continues. Do they want to go back to this space? Do they consciously attempt a communication? So that's what we look at. So if there is a spiritual entity there that is able to communicate with you, uh -huh. that's a conscious attempt at communication. Okay. And it's not that the whole spirit is stuck there because they're not they're peering down going oh i wonder if that spot is still there and they come down it's like you know looking back on your vacation you're like mm -hmm. and they're like oh yeah i'm gonna go there and there's somebody there that can see me there's somebody that there that that can hear something and uh -huh. and so it's more like sharing a memory sharing a situation <laughs> scary or not scary and that, so it's a conscious attempt at communication, but most hauntings that people have are these imprints where there's a huge energetic footprint left behind. And then the energetic footprint repeats a pattern before the death. And what a lot of people don't realize with these buildings too, is that stuff that happens in your house, and there's a lot of like fighting 
or a lot of emotion, mm-hmm. wood absorbs that stuff. Yeah. And that's where, you, that's where some of these imprints come from because, uh, you know, because it's just absorbing and then you come in with the right, right frame of mind at the right time and boom, the, there it is replaying itself. That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. Right. And like the little boy, does, is there, does anybody know when he passed? I mean, how no. I mean, this is because when we go to these ghost towns, it's like going to Tombstone. There were so many deaths. It's right. just like Slaughter Town. <laughs> so we don't really have the exact time frame of when these happen, but there's so many spiritual. If you go to Garnet, Montana, you will go up there and, and I will guarantee you feel it. So if you believe in ghosts or you don't believe in ghosts, you're going to feel that energy because there is so much imprinting going on up there that just going up and, and putting your hand on one of the buildings mm-hmm. or walking up, there's there's one building towards the caretaker's cottage. Now, the caretaker's cottage is way kind of far away. They, they didn't put it in the town, mm-hmm. but there is a building that's part of the town that's between the town formal and the caretaker's cabin. And when you walk towards that, you get the feeling that you are not supposed to be walking towards that. Wow. You get the feeling that I should probably turn around. But of mm-hmm. course, because I am who I am, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I'll bring you some chocolate. Come on, I'm nice. Let me in. <laughs> Y'all like chocolate? I'm good, yeah. Come on, come on. <laughs> but, it, but it is eerie. That and just recounting going towards that house right now. Right. I feel eerie. <laughs> I feel the eeriness of it. Rule number one as a ghost hunter, kids, don't go without a medium. Yeah. <laughs> let them let them encounter it before you do. You have such great stories. You, your life is just wonderful. <laughs> well, it seems wonderful from, from the outside looking in. I mean, you do so much. Like, you're on this tour of these haunted locations and... You know, and all this. I mean, a lot of people just dream. You and I need to go on a tour. You you and I need to go on one time. There is, if you ever come, well, we'll figure out where we can go. But if you ever come out, there's there's a haunted hotel that supposedly has um, Lyndon Johnson's wife is haunting the hotel, I think. So, and we went up there and I, and I, I did film that one. I went with two people because it's the third floor room um 329 so if you go to this hotel <laughs> and that's supposedly haunted and then there's this little boy that's running again a, a child right default that runs in the restaurant but when we went up and we hit that third floor you hit that third floor and you think you are if you get seasick you're gonna it's gonna hit you and you're gonna feel totally seasick i was just like crawling i was like seriously and other people could feel it the two people that i was with could feel it but (laughs) i've never been so seasick because of the energy that's up there that happened to our team in virginia city in the old washoe club they were taking us on a tour and there were about 20 of us on this this little tour you know before it goes dark right because you want to know where the hell you're at yeah and we we walk into this room and it was weird because the room was built into a hill the windows were you know face facing the hill but i honest to god i, I felt the floor moving yeah and i turned around i looked at the guy behind me and i said do you feel that and he goes yeah and i said okay it's just not me going nuts here but yeah i mean the energy was just incredible yeah yeah because it really can move the floor so you can have a, a house that is built like fort knox it's just mm-hmm. solid and you go into one specific room and there's Nothing in that room or underneath that room or attached to that room, no heater or whatever it is, it should be moving the room like an ocean. (laughs) And so that's an example of the energy that some of these spiritual imprintings can leave behind. And then, you know, to find out what caused that energy release, that's that's usually, you know, interesting. The stories behind that energy release are um, interesting. Don't growl. Oh, everybody's going to start barking now. <laughs> it's okay. It's like my house. So as a medium and, and you're in these buildings, how do you, um, how do you sleep at night? You know, how, how do you 
get through the energy because, I mean, it's going to come slamming at you because you're like a beacon. You're like Caroline and Poltergeist. They're coming at you. Um, it never really attaches or, you know, I don't let it attach to me. I it right. just kind of flows through me. And I think that's just something that I had, you know, throughout my life where I, I've never seen myself as solid. So I've never seen anything be able to just stick to it. Mm -hmm. I think one of the ways that we can have energy stick to us or, you know, stay with us is when our brain begins ruminating on what our experience was. When we have that, it jumps onto the Ferris wheel and then it goes, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then we have, could have had, could have had, right, could have right, had. Right. Filling in these stories. And that's going to change our own energy to feel like we've had all of this excess energy put onto us, but our body can't hold on to excess energy. It will mm -hmm. always flush the energy, but our brain can ruminate and create this darkness, this heaviness, because it thinks that's what we want. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like after an investigation, when we cleanse a house, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, the parting words are try not to think about what happened. Yeah. Because you'll draw it in. So, you know, but I know it's hard for people not to do that because they're sitting there day in and day out looking at the same stuff where stuff happened, you know, but that's, that's part of it. Cause it, like my dad and my dad's just saying, if, if you wish hard enough and you want it bad enough, your dreams will come true, whether they're good or bad, you know, that was my dad's saying. And, yeah. and, that, and that, that's what that sounds like. Yeah. You know, and that's really a true statement, what your dad said. It, and it's not manifesting. You're not manifesting these things. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, manifestation of destiny because believe me, there's so much out there that, we all think about all the time and we all want and we haven't manifested, <laughs> you know, so we're not creating manifestation of this, mm -hmm. but if we want something bad to happen, we can create it to happen. Mm -hmm. We can force negative interaction. We can force these negative things um, because we're changing our own energy. We're changing our own perception of the world. And when we change our own perception, we see things, we experience things in a completely different fashion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is it like for you to walk into a haunted building like that? Because obviously you're the one that they're going to, you know, start coming towards you. Because like I said, you're the bright light. So do you pick and choose who, who, which ones you communicate with or, or how do you do that? No. Um, I, I pretty well, just like with you or just like with anybody that I see, I, I see your energy first. So I actually don't even see a human form. And I know that sounds silly, but I live in this space where everything is a specific energetic code and those codes mean certain things. So if I go into a place that is completely haunted, there is no difference between these things because they're energetic codes. And then I have trained my brain to go, okay, I'm going earthbound basically. I mean, this is, this is such a, a simplistic version of what I do, but I just say, I want to see earthbound or I want to see, you know, three dimensional. Don't mm -hmm. actually say that, but my brain adjusts. And then I see the formation of you and I see the formation of other people, but the entities around are still there. My brain still processes those things. It's like when people see numbers or something like that, part of that comes from uh, being a synesthete. So I have synesthesia mm -hmm. and a specific forms of synesthesia where my um, senses have crossed and got mixed up. And so it's like the ultimate dyslexia of senses. And right. so you're just, oh, there it is. I don't necessarily pick one to talk to, but there's usually one that wants to communicate more than others because they're just like, Oh, it's another person. Oh, you know, and, and most of them are minding their own business, but one or two that are usually wreaking havoc and usually why you would go there. They had that personality. If it's an imprint, that personality continued. And so it, it's annoying. And that's why you would probably talk to them. If it's a yeah. conscious attempt at communication, they're going to basically just blurt it out. You don't have to, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're big mouths. They just are going to tell you and you're going to be like, okay, well, that was nice. Thank you. <laughs> How do they see us? Do they see us as solid or no? 
No, they see us as uh, as spiritual or or energetic footprints. So they see they don't see us as solid either because they're not living third dimensional. This whole entire third dimensional plane that we're on, our brain is translating energetic code to create it. So um, here's this thing here. <laughs> so it's it's brown and it has a white outline to it. Your, what you're seeing, this brown with a white outline, is probably totally different than what I am seeing. But we have come to a common idea of this is an energetic code for brown and this is an energetic code for white. And this is an energetic code for square. But it might look different in our brain. <laughs> the shades of brown might look different. The size of the square might look a little bit different. You know, if there's chips in it or, or whatever. So they see us as energetic code. That's cool. That's really, uh, I never thought about that. Yeah. That's I why you don't agree if you're, if you're in the shower, you're, you're just an energetic code. And then there's a code for water. <laughs> so well, they're not spying on you in the shower. There you go. <laughs> that's cool. Now, so I'm going to look at all this differently now when I go out because I never, it never struck me like that all these yeah. years. Yeah. I learned something new tonight. It's always good. Wow. <laughs> always good to learn something new. Yeah. So what's been your most, uh, you know, so far on this tour that you're on, what's been the most famous location or not famous, but your most favorite location? Mm. Okay. Let me think here quickly. Okay. So it's not a haunting, but I had an incident happen that brings humility smack in your face. Mm -hmm. So I was in Oklahoma two nights ago or three nights ago now, two nights or three nights ago. Oh, I guess it's more than that, like five nights, whatever. And I got gray out and I unhooked my bike and we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. And I take her on a bike ride because she's in the car for more than two and a half hours. And all of a sudden the energy changes, the, the weather changes and you're just like, oh, there's something impending and, and the sky changes and it kind of turns green. I was like, okay, let's go back to the car. And I hooked the bike back up onto the car. And within 15 minutes, there's winds that are literally blowing my kite like a, uh, my car, like a kite on the highway. And then like dime size hail starts battering the car and you can't see. So I slow way down and I'm going about 35 miles an hour on the highway and thinking, okay, I'm going to get off. Well, this van comes up from behind me and doesn't want to go 35 miles an hour and passes me and is going to then scoot in front of me. And the second she scooted in front of me, the van flipped into the air and rolled and rolled and rolled. And had I been going literally five miles an hour faster, I would have hit her and probably killed her. And I would have been then also in a car accident in this horrible storm. So I pull over and her car, her van is upside down. And it's just one of those moments to show how fleeting life is. We go through every day, we go through our, our, our everyday patterns and not really think about anything else, which, you know, we don't need to. But it's events like this that remind me how quickly it just all goes away. Yep. Um, so I gave her a blanket and waited for the ambulance and everything to come. And, but that was, I think that was the most impactful thing that's oh. happened on this trip so far. Um, spiritually, I think it's, I think it's really cool. So I, I do talk about my son a lot, but I, I believe that as I'm going through this and as I'm getting ready to hit a certain area, he show he like if it's going to be a really haunted space where you go in there and it is just palpating with this thick energy. Before I go there, uh, he flashes me a signal. He's like, "Hey, go this way," and so I'll I'll do that. So whether it's three thirty three or he'll change the radio and and turn on a different song, saying mm -hmm. you know a song that is appropriate to where I am going and heading. So I think that that spiritually. I like that part of the trip because it's like, he's doing it with me. He's like, Hey, go, go over here. This is going to be a good spot. 
That's really cool. Question in the chat room is where is the Oregon Vortex? The Oregon Vortex is near the Oregon Caves. So if you were to go into Medford, Oregon, so Southern Oregon, it's about an hour and a half um, east of Medford near the Oregon Caves. And it's just, it's called the Oregon, um, what is it called? The House of, hold on, Oregon Vortex. The House of Mystery. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's where it is. And it's spectacular. I'm trying to get a, uh, a trip up there this summer. I have a couple events that I'm um, speaking at in August. So I'm trying to get up there around the first part of August, maybe the 8th of August to go mm-hmm. to the Vortex. Uh, so if you guys want to join in, definitely. I will post on my website the actual date that I'll be there, but it's only going to be for me. It's only going to be a day trip. I'm going to uh-huh. fly into Medford, go out to the Vortex with a couple people, and then I have to get back because <laughs> I have more things to do. That's awesome. This trip you're on sounds really cool. I would love to do a thing like this. One of these days, I think you and I would have so much fun going just just even a two or three day road trip and go into some places in Nevada and, you know, some of these hotels and 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 like Virginia City. I mean, it's just fantastic. There are some places out there, boy. Yeah, Virginia City is happening. I'll tell you. The Washington (laughs) Club. Yep. (laughs) And then they've got the uh, Museum of Ill Repute, mm-hmm. where there's a where there's a couple. The, 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 there's one dark thing in the corner, you know. You always run into like one one baddie somewhere, but yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff about Virginia City. But mm-hmm. to hear to hear the places you've been, like the place in Montana, that you would want to stay alone, that's brave. Yeah, <laughs> I just well, I love to be alone anyway. But <laughs> um, I I just I I would love it. I would relish that opportunity you got a lot of you, yeah you got to go on to do that i don't know if i go out there alone i'd probably have somebody with me yeah but i don't know if i'd stay out there alone like that in the winter and then you right away when you said it, i thought oh my god it's like the shining <laughs> you know <laughs> yep <laughs> well you see the tv um the, the show where the, the the woman bought the town no Montana, she I think it was Colorado that she bought. Wow. And all the buildings in the town weren't original. They, they were brought in from other auctions. But the place was haunted as heck. Yeah. I mean, it does. Family out there and retire. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you don't have, your house doesn't have to be ancient to be haunted. No. It, it just doesn't. Spiritual imprinting can can tag along on the wood from the forest (laughs) and all of a sudden you've got like strange haunting in your house and you're like why is this in my house and i have a brand new house it shouldn't be there right so it doesn't have to be old in order to be haunted i have a 70 something year old house and we're active all the time so i know you tell me that i know i know i know you know it's just like your place you know it's just it's just, you know, it's, it just depends on what's going on with the land and what the history is out there and all that. You know, it, it all combines in. It all combines in. So uh, where are you headed next on this tour? Hmm. Um, from here, I'm heading up into Sedona just for a day or two. And then Flagstaff. And then there's a couple towns in Colorado that I, I'm going to go to. And then... Um, I have a talk that I'm giving in the Midwest and then I'm heading home. So okay. almost done. I have about three more weeks on the road. <laughs> wow. That's a long time on the road though. It's a long time on the road. Someone babysitting the castle or. Yep. Yep. Up there babysitting. So the, the story of the castle from last night, of course I wasn't there. Um, he was, at, he was, he said it was probably three, three thirty in the morning. He woke up. He was like, Oh my God, there's somebody in the house. And you know, if you've never stayed in a haunted place, <laughs> it can be quite shocking. Um, but he, he has a very active imagination. So I'm not surprised that he is being haunted. Anyway, he ends up at, and the lights are flashing on and off outside because I have security lights outside out, out towards the woods. 
-hmm. not motion detector detectors, but like if, if you are heavy enough, like if you have a car, it will set them off. So he's like, I, there's a car driving around the loop because there's this loop that goes around the castle and, and the lights keep sh shining off. He says, so I got, I got a shotgun. <laughs> wow. And he went out to the very top of the, the castle, like where the turrets are. And he was like, I felt like I went back to medieval times. I mean, he didn't shoot the gun or anything. Um, and it's his shotgun, not mine. And, but anyway, I, I was, he was like, and it just kept, every time I, it would stop, I would go out there and I would stand. And then I would go back to bed and I'd go lay down. And all of a sudden it started again. And there's this, it sounds like a car driving around the driveway. So I was, I was kind of laughing. And he, he found it comical now, but he was like, last night, it wasn't so comical. No. <laughs> Ooh, speak, speak of that. Let's see. Okay. So oh, let's see. <laughs> I locked the doors and I'm going to bed. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think you, you that, 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 that you have these gifts that, that, that you were given? No, these gifts? For me, what I see is it's kind of like a form of savantism. So if you see children that are born, um, some of them have musical talents and mathematical talents and artistic talents, and it's just the formation of our brain. And when we're all born, our brain creates the veil. So our brain is the veil. Your brain is the veil. There's no other, there's nothing out here that is the veil. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when children are born with, with forms of savantism is what happens is some of these pathways don't get veiled off. So now all of a sudden we have like a three-year-old that can do insane mathematics. <laughs> and we have people that can paint and they're like, I, I feel like it was from on high that I know how to paint. And for me, it's, I was caught <laughs> in the veil, inside the right. veil. <laughs> so that, that's kind of, it, it's kind of a form of savantism. Um, like I said, I have uh, synesthesia. I'm highly dyslexic and uh, I do have some autistic tendencies. So. Was it hard for your parents? I mean, to understand what, what, what was going on with you? Very, very hard. Uh, my family doesn't talk to me anymore. So <laughs> wow. you're really gifted. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I think that as a child, when you see things, you just think it's matter of fact. And mm -hmm. so you say things as, as it comes, you say things as they happen or as they're going to happen, because you see a lot more, because like I said, it's a, it's an energetic code. And inside that code is every life event, every illness, everything that's going to happen is in that code. And so you just matter of fact, see it as it's already happened. Like it's, oh, well, that's no big deal. So as I would say things and then they would happen <laughs> um, and sometimes they wouldn't happen immediately. Sometimes it would take years for that event that I said was going to happen for it to happen. Uh, they, I think they just got tired of that. <laughs> and I learned, I learned to have a little bit more formality and decorum on mm -hmm. how I can mm -hmm. present <laughs> things mm -hmm. like Marin, it's always fun to have you on. Well, this thank you for talking to you. <laughs> thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy the rest of your trip, your travel. Thank you very much. I will talk to you soon, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I'll talk and, to you later. Uh, you have a website, right? Oh, yes. MarinMuter.com. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Marin. All right. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Have a good one. All right. It's always fun to talk with Marin. Um, she's a good friend. You never know what you're going to find when you're doing when you're doing shows like this because you will run into people that you just click with. And Marin and I click. Anyway, tomorrow Vance Nats is going to be with us. We're going to be talking about exactly what Marin was talking about today. Do you really want to see the people that the the, the, the folks that are haunting haunting your house and see what they truly look like? That's a, that's a Nancy has information for me, so we'll have to see what that is. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for coming. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hear the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio, and we just want to get the word out on the show. And again, if you like what you saw and you're over on Facebook, 
please hit those like buttons and please uh, follow if you haven't done so already. And uh, same thing with YouTube. All right. Anyway, I'm going to let you guys go. I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Have a great one.